And welcome back, footy fans, to another episode of Donnie's Disposals. I am your host, Coach Donnie Hess, here back. And today, we have another episode of Waffle Wrap-Up number two as we go through some of the state league action out in WA. Joining me, one of my experts, one of those guys that keeps an eye on the waffle a ton, not only because he's got a website, but he is a massive Swan District supporter, Mr. Rick Gauci. Rick, how are you doing, sir? Morning, Don- Donnie. How you going, mate? I'm doing well. And how's yourself? I'm not doing too bad. It's slowly starting to warm up here. Summer is starting to really kick kick up uh, big time over here, which I know that uh, is always fun. And, and with you, the time difference is always fun. So, so an early good morning for you here. So hopefully yeah. we will try to keep you awake during this. But I think there's some fun things to talk about. So. We haven't talked in a little bit. Unfortunately, I've had some I've had some things go on personally. So that's why we're a little bit later than normal. So we have five rounds to go through in the men's and four rounds to go in the women. So here we go. Really quickly, Rick, looking at it, you've kind of taken a look at both ladders. Real quick thoughts of the last five rounds of footy, both in the men and the four rounds of the women. Yeah. Um, you did mention that the weather, firstly, it's getting a lot colder up colder down here but <laughs> i just spent f- four nights up up north of the state where it was it was nice and warm so getting back to the cold but anyway the first five rounds of the, the waffle in the, in the men's it's been a uh, interesting uh, few rounds of footy um, unfortunately the the top five or six team or top six teams have sort of broken away a little bit from the, the bottom four size based on on a few results there um, claremont sitting on top of the ladder they're looking pretty strong uh, with some solid victories. Um, Peel also uh, with the back of the strength of their Fremantle listed players uh, are doing very well and they've had their equal best start ever at four and one at the moment um, in their 26 years of, of waffle footy. So that's great for the, the Thunder team and, and spectators. Um, probably the, the low light of the, the competition has, has been the, the West Coast Eagles. Um, their injuries at the AFL level have really depleted um, depleted their, their stocks at the, the waffle level um, so far as having to call on Will Schofield, who's been retired from footy for a couple of years, for a couple of games, and a former Sandover medalist, Kane Mitchell, who has also been out of the game for a little while to fill in just to make up some numbers and, and to, to add a bit of experience to their team. Um, they've copped 300-point thrashings in a row and then a 97-point defeat in the last round, which stopped them from equaling... Peel Thunder's record of four games in a row of losing by 100 or more points. So they are struggling. Um, hopefully they start to get some players back over the next few weeks to make them a bit more competitive. Um, other teams, South Fremantle, struggling to um, get back their eight-point deficit from the penalty of salary cap breaches from last season. Um, they have but zero premiership points despite having won two games. So they're a little bit off the pace at the moment. I think that may be a hurdle, a bit too far for them to, to catch up. Uh, my team, Swans, have been pretty unlucky. They lost the first three games by a combined total of 12 points, which is um, the lowest ever. No team has ever lost the first three games by a small amount, as, as Swans have. Um, actually, break their own record. They did it in 2019, lost the first three games by 20-odd points. I think it's 23 points. Um, so frustrating first few weeks for, for my Swans. A um, few injuries to their key midfielders, Anderson, Fisher and Clark, have really cost them probably that, that um, drive out of the midfield. Um, I think West Perth is pretty much doing what expected and East Perth have sort of shut up the ladder as, as have Subi, who's probably my surprise packet at the moment at sitting at four and one. 
Um, so it's been some good results, a few close games, a few blowouts, particularly with the Eagles side. Um, but I think it's still going to be an interesting season. I think there's still, um, well, definitely six teams in it. And I don't think Swans are too far off the pace if they can pull a, a few victories up uh, out of their sleeve over the next few weeks. Um, over in the, the women's league, uh, Claremont are, are still sitting pretty on the top of the ladder there. So they're actually having uh, a very good year this year, um, sitting on top of both, both ladders at, at the moment. Um, but they did have their first non-victory last weekend against Eastern Mantle, who managed to steal the draw. Um, Claremont sitting pretty on the top. South are still doing really well, which is um, you know, which is great to see again only in the third season this year. And they're sitting second with six wins and a draw from their eight games. So they're looking pretty good. Um, and there's a bit of a logjam then. I think there's Subi, Eastern Mantle, Swans, who since we last chatted when I was 0-4 have gone on a Awesome four-game winning streak and, and now sit just half a game out of the, the top four. So they're, they're still in with a chance. And it's probably our West Perth um, Peel, who are usually very strong at the, the women's team. They're um, sitting seventh with only two wins and East Perth, as expected in their first year, um, are barely hitting the scoreboard in their eight losses, conceding 10 times as many points as they've scored. So, um, But over the last few weeks, uh, Claremont still continuing their winning way. Um, so, yep. It's an interesting competition in the, in the women's and it's probably a bit closer at this stage than the than the men's league as far as the finals yeah, race goes. It'll definitely, it'll definitely be interesting. I like, I like like I said, this with Swans only being two points back, the fact that all four teams at the top of the ladder in the women's all have a draw. So there's at least one draw mm. for all four of the top teams. So it leaves that, that little two-point buffer there. So... We'll, we'll go back to it. We'll go through each of the first five rounds really quickly. We'll talk about game of the round, which, as you kind of said, I think Swans may be in many of the games of the rounds because of their cl- their close actions. I don't like to bring up when they when they don't play well, Rick, but I think it's hard not to <laughs> say that they're playing competitive games. So we'll go to round one. The rematch of the premier of the premiership last year sees Claremont change the results. Game one, 56-42, a nice little 14-point win there. I remember texting you because I found out this final score is East Perth just nip Swans by one, 80-79. Peel just edge over East Fremantle, 79-75. South, South Frio get West Coast before all of the drama happens with the injuries, 102-59. And Subi with a nice little impressive win over Perth, 81-55. Let's go back to it. I know... I hate going back to one-point losses, but this was a tough one for you, sir. The game of the round has to be East Perth's one. How impressive that they played a really good game, just fell one one point short. Yeah, it was a, it was a good game. Uh, East Perth probably controlled the game, I think, most of the way. Uh, Swan's third quarter, we kicked five goals to one, we probably was our best quarter, obviously, of the match there and really started to change the momentum of the game. We hit the lead... Um, at the end of the third quarter, um, got out to a nine-point lead from memory in the fourth quarter before East Perth um, leveled the scores. I think that we got a point in front, then they hit a couple of points. Um, and yeah, they scored a point in the last probably 30 seconds of the game. So it could have gone either way. I think East Perth probably deserved the win um, based on the overall part of the game, um, overall review of the game. But I think Swans were pretty unlucky, again, just to miss out. Um, by one point in that game. But um, some, I guess, one of the key things for the Waffle in the first round of fixtures was the the attendance figures. Um, mm-hmm. It was the highest aggregated um, crowd for a non-WA day long weekend. So we have a WA day, which is over June, celebrating the foundation of the state. Um, and that historically is the largest 
crowd um, attendance over a round of fixtures, but this was the first round since um, 2009, which wasn't a WA. So it's the highest aggregated crowd since round six, 2009, which was an Anzac Day weekend. So that was pretty good. And it was the high, third highest aggregate of attendance since 2000 um, for round one. So a good start to the season for the for the crowds and for the waffle. Um, and some, yeah, some, some pretty close results, like you mentioned. Um, you know, three of the four games were decided by you know, a couple of goals or less. Um, and West Coast put in their best performance of the season, going down by just seven goals to Saffron. <laughs> when I say just seven goals, compared to the next few weeks, you'll you'll see what I mean by the word just seven goals. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, this next round was was the one that popped my popped my eyeballs because I heard about it and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to watch the highlights of this one. So <laughs> we'll jump around. We'll jump around to first game again. The pain the pain continues, unfortunately, for Swans. A four point loss in a game that really the behinds kicked were the reason that they. Lot, that, that that this game was changed 715 to 711 57 53 a four point loss there east perth continues to roll on another win 112 to 89 over subiaco peel with an impressive 65 point win over perth 77 12 claremont continues their winning ways beating south Fremantle 76 28 and then the game that i think everybody in australia heard about 34-13, 212 points for West Perth as they beat the West Coast Eagles by 217 to 48. I remember this. I remember hearing about this, and I was I could not believe that scoreline. I was like, that has to be a typo. There's no way. And I went back and saw 34-13. <laughs> that is ridiculous. But that just shows you how depleted West Coast is. But well, we I don't want to stay on that because unfortunately I, I hate staying on those low lights. And unfortunately, again, the best game of the round was your swans, again, falling just a little bit short to East Fremantle. I mean, can you explain to me why 26 behinds kicked? I mean, was it pressure or was it just both teams were a little off kicking for goal? Well, I think um also East Fremantle, um, there was a bit of a breeze um kicking down to the to the um the Guildford end of the ground at Bassett there, which can be tricky from time to time. Um, I think I did mention after round one, East Perth would be the better side against Swans, but I, I think we could have stolen that game and it would have been uh, would have been fine. But I think this game here, East Manor, they won goal six in the first quarter. And they didn't miss hard shots. They they could have easily been five or six goals in front at their first quarter, and the game was pretty much all over. So I think um, from from memory, um, you know, East Manor. Had missed a lot more easy shots. I think Swans had, had a few uh, rush points and, and a few difficult shots and their kicking probably wasn't as, as bad um, as Ishimano's. Obviously, Ishimano kicked four more points than Swans. Um, so in that aspect, obviously, Ishimano's kicking was worse, but um, we were very lucky to be in that game. Ishimano sort of died out in the last quarter, which has been a little bit of a theme for the Sharks over the first five rounds. Their, their last quarters haven't been as, as strong um, as their, their, at least their first halves. Um, so I think Swans, that would have been a big steal if we had got that game. So I probably wasn't as disappointed after my round, after the round two game as the round one. Um, and then also after round three. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, the game of the round definitely was Swans and each and each man. There's a couple of points in, in this round of fixtures. You mentioned the West Perth, West Coast game. Um, West Perth, their third ever highest, third highest ever score. Um, it was the highest score since 2010. Uh, it was the biggest winning margin since the same time. It was the third biggest win for West Perth. 
Um, Claremont that round also registered their 1,000th win in the waffle, which was a bit of a milestone for them. Um, and Peel kept Perth to one goal six, which is the lowest score ever kicked against Peel in their 26 years. So a couple of um, breakout scores in in those low lights <laughs> games. Um, and East Perth getting a, a good win over Subiaco and they haven't beaten Subiaco very much over the last few years as well. So that was good for the Royals, which kept them um, undefeated after the first two rounds. All right, we jump to round three where we see where you see Subiaco get the upset over previously undefeated Claremont 94 70, a 24 point win. South Fremantle get another win 92 48 over Peel Thunder. East East Perth knock off Perth 115 47. The pain continues for West Coast 161 53. They're getting better. <laughs> slightly uh, yeah. uh, slightly not much unfortunately and then again <laughs> another cracker and as you said another close loss unfortunately this time by only seven 81 74 west perth knock off the swans so again sir unfortunately best game of the round happens to be another close loss my swans they're staying in games they're being competitive a seven point loss here what would you say is the reason that they that they fell at home to west perth well, I think um, it'll come down to a bit of experience with the, with the players. Uh, Swans have got a very quite a, quite a young side um, compared to West Perth, um, and I think that probably ended up being the difference at the end. the The second and third quarters, I think, it's where Swans lost the game. We got off to a great start, uh, twenty nine points in front at one stage, early in the in the second quarter, um, and I think West Perth's experienced players. And the depth, I think, in the midfield, we mentioned that Swans have had a few injuries. Um, they lost uh, Sam Fisher early in the third quarter in this game. We're already without Anderson and, and Clark. Anderson hasn't played all year, but Clark was a big loss um, in the second game against Eastern Mantle. Um, so the midfield, uh, yeah, up against West Perth, who've got the best midfield going around, Black Meadows, um, Nelson, a young fellow, Nathan Murray, um, sort of stepped up and had a breakout game with 30-odd possessions and three goals. Um, so their players really, um, really kicked in in that second half. Um, Kytel, uh, who kicked 10 against the Eagles um, in the previous round, five and, and was pretty dominant um, when the ball went forward to him. Uh, and Swans just couldn't keep up in the last last quarter. West Perth just pulled away. Swans got a late goal to bring the margin back to seven points. But that was probably the most disappointing game of the three early losses for Swans, um, where they did control the game for large parts. Um, and really probably should have won that game. Uh, West Perth's experience, I think, got them over the line um, in the end, unfortunately. But, yeah, that was definitely the game around. Um, Subi was a bit of an upset against Claremont, although looking at the ladder, um, that's the only game Claremont have lost this year. So, um, you know, it's pretty good for them. And, and Subi also sitting at 4-1, and one, which is which is a pretty good record for them. Yep. So it's it's interesting that the that the top of the line, the top of the line, at least by percentages, it's only losses to a fellow team at four and one. So it'd be fascinating to see yep. how it goes again. Not every team has played everybody, so we'll kind of see how that wraps out. But but a fascinating round of footy. We jump to round four, start off East Frio, East Frio get a 105-77 win over Perth. A cracking game between Peel and East Perth in East Perth, 86-53. Subi get a 21-point win over West Perth, 66-45. The Swans get their win over South Fremantle, 88-70. And Claremont has their smashing of West Coast, 154 
43 it's becoming a little bit of a tradition now unfortunately with west coast but at least they're somewhat they're scoring a little bit more they're keeping the their the scores down so we got to give them that but again by looking by scores i mean i feel like this is almost a swans podcast as much as it is a, a waffle <laughs> podcast because it seems like they're always in the best game so swans get an 18 point win over south Fremantle. i mean you gotta smile a little bit the black and white get the first win of the season <laughs> yes, and, and I wasn't there to see it either. I was up, up north watching my daughter jump out of an aeroplane. But anyway, um, yes, yeah, so it, it was a good win. Um, again, if you look at the, you know, the scores, we, we kicked the first five goals of the game. So really, we were in front uh, right at the start. South Romano did peg the margin back in, in that last quarter to a couple of goals. Um, so I did get a little bit tense there watching watching that game on the, in the car coming home. Um, but we did hang in there, fortunately, then get our first victory since 2014 down at um, at the port. So it's been a, been a while since one's tasted victory down there. Um, the margin probably indicated that it may have been the closest game um, of the round. I think West Perth and Subi, that was only 21 points difference there. So that was also a pretty good game uh, for all reports up at um, Arena Joondalup. Um, yeah, so there's some good games that round. Um, Peel Thunder and East Perth. Uh, East Perth threw the game away with the inaccurate kicking, six goals, 17. So, you know, a, an accuracy rate of about 26%. So they, they probably should have won that game, having 23 scoring shots to, to 21. But Peel, um, you know, kicking straight, good kicking is, is good, good football, as they say. So um, East Perth probably kicking themselves... <laughs> Well, they might have missed them that day, but kicking themselves for um, their inaccurate kicking <laughs> for goals <laughs> um, to, to lose to, to feel in that one. But uh, yeah, one, one interesting thing after the ladder in round eight, uh, so after round round four was eight eight teams out of the 10 had a percentage of over 100 points, mm-hmm. which had never happened before in, in the waffle. So um, only 10 teams have been in the league for only three three years now. This is the third, oh, this is the I think third or fourth season. I'm trying to think do some counting on my hands. I think it's the fourth season West Coast have been in there. Um, so, yeah, so eight out of the 10 teams have a percentage over 100. And um, it happened once, um, or it happened three times in a nine-team competition that seven out of the nine teams had a percentage over 100 points. But really, percentages at this stage are pretty much skew-whiffed with the um, results against the Eagles. And we'll see after round five, you know, there's some teams with very high percentages because they've been able to pad that with big wins over over the west coast unfortunately yeah and for unfortunately so we jumped to it last round that we have not discussed round five see some absolute crackers the first one right off the bat claremont only get a seven point win over east Fremont over east perth 91 84 i the east the double east is going to throw me off one of these days so i do <laughs> apologize i'm trying i'm looking at the logos and i'm going okay gotta remember which one's which so so yeah, Claremont, Claremont get the win over over East Perth, 91-84, seven point win, a cracking game to start off the round. Perth get a impressive 124-27 win over West Coast. Again, the 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 ceremonial butt kicking of West Coast continues. West Perth beats East Fremantle 72-57 in another cracking game. Subi get a 12-point win over South Fremantle. And unfortunately, Peel put a little bit of the hurt on Rick's Swans 118-56. Sir, for the first time in a round, unfortunately, it is not Swans that has the game of the round. And it's hard not to argue a really tough clash between Claremont and East Frio only goes to down to seven points. 
So hard to say that this is not the game of the round. Just looking at some of the statistics here, just wanted to go through it. But I mean, literally, this is kind of one of those games. Claremont survived this as East Fremantle for most of this game. It wasn't until the fourth quarter that Claremont actually takes the lead. So you got to say, this is one of those, did it get away from East, uh, East Perth more than Claremont won it? Yeah, I think so. Um, sometimes your teams can get off to a good start and get a bit complacent. And I think that may have happened with East Perth. I, I did catch the last the last quarter of this game. Um, so I flicked over the channel because, again, I was away last weekend. Uh, I decided not to watch the last quarter of the Peel and Swans game because that was uh, not looking good. Um, so oh, Actually, no, that was on the Sunday, so I lie. Um, but, yeah, Claremont, um, <laughs> it's, it's been a few days away. It's, 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 I'm getting old and my memory's not as good as it used to be. But, no, Claremont um, definitely coming back from 31 points down at quarter time. It's the biggest margin they've overcome at quarter time against East Perth in, in history. So that was a big result for Claremont. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, you know, East Perth sort of stopped in that, in that last quarter. Um, Claremont did take the lead. I think East Perth were able to snatch it back and... and Claremont just hung in there, um, you know, with uh, a couple of good goals late in the game. And, yeah, definitely a great game of footy, that one, um, to watch. And it's good to watch the game as a neutral. You, you, your heart's not not really barracking for anybody. And just to see the teams and, you know, it was a great result in the end for the footy. Um, and I think it was probably def- one of the best games of the, of the season, um, you know, the closeness of it. And that could have gone down either way. Um, mm-hmm with a couple of minutes to play. And well done for Claremont for hanging on there. Um, I probably would have liked East Perth to win, um, just to, to keep them up there, because they've been a bit down with teams like Swans and East Romano over the last few years, and it's been good to see them back up the top, towards the top of the ladder. But, um, you know, they're still fighting for a spot in the in the five and, and hopefully be knocking down the door come finals time. The West Perth and East Romano game, on all, all accounts, is also a good game. East Romano... Again, seven goals, 14. You know, they're kicking for goals. It's really letting them down at the moment. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they could have easily got that get, got that win at the Wacker. Um, again, West Perth's mid, midfield with Luke Meadows best on ground there. It's just, again, a, a strong side. And Eastern Mantle maybe just missing a little bit of a zip. Um, you know, they've sort of struggled to replace Blaine um, Bokehurst, who was the center medalist from last year, who injured his knee towards the end of the season. And, and maybe just that little bit of pace or X factor that they're missing. The Sharks um, and Perth, you know, it's a bit of a tricky thing with the team who's, you know, with a percentage of 50 coming into the game can beat the team below them by nearly 100 points. So doesn't say much for um, for where, obviously where West Coast are. Fortunately, as I mentioned earlier up on the podcast, that that 97-point result did stop West Coast equaling a, a record of um, four consecutive games losing by 100 or more points. So their record has stopped at three for them and they didn't pass Peel Thunder's record that they achieved in their very first year back in 97. And for me, the less I say about Swan's game against Peel, the better, but Peel were way too strong. And there again, their AFL listed players really um, came to the fore. Swan's again kicked the first four goals of that game. So a bit like the East Perth Claremont game where the team got off to a good start, but Peel's, um, you know, bigger bodies, I won't say necessarily experience because they're quite a young side as well, but bigger bodies, sort of took them over the line and, and it was a big win for them in the end of 10 goals over Swans, which um, sort of knocked Swans out of that top five race for the, for the meantime. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. So that is going to do it for the first five rounds of the waffle season. We'll talk a little bit more here in a little bit. We'll quickly run over the last four rounds from the women's since they didn't technically have a round five. So we will jump to round six of the women's comp really quickly running over it. Subiaka with an impressive 59 to two win over the hapless East Perth Royals. Again, East Perth kind of like West coast in the men's is kind of the proverbial whipping stick, unfortunately being their first year in, but Again, these girls are getting experience. We'll have to see. East Frio get a 53-18 to 18 win over Peel. A cracking game between Claremont and South Fremantle, which is kind of one of, one of the teams that I thought has a chance to dethrone Claremont. But Claremont get a 626-point win. No, a 16-point win, if I could do my math quickly, Donnie. 50-34. to <laughs> 34. And then as, as, as Rick kind of said, Swans started off not so good, but have rattled off the first of their of their four wins in a row with an impressive 72-21 win over West Perth. Looking at the game of the round, it has to be that Claremont v. South Fremantle game. And this is one of those interesting ones where Claremont didn't start off really well, only a goal in the first quarter, and then they kind of hit their groove in the second, kicking five kicking four goals, one in the second quarter to kind of strain out that lead. And then they kind of put it into cruise control. They shut this game down, only giving up two goals in the second half. So again, South Fremantle, a very, very tough team. Claremont just a little bit too good. Your thoughts on this? Again, I, I think this really is Claremont's competition to win. It's can they show up each day and continue to show why they're probably the best team in the waffle? Yeah, I think so. Uh, they, they've um, obviously been a good side from last year as, as the running premiers. So I think they're definitely the, the team to beat. Souths are definitely pushing up there. And that result um, really showed that they're you know, competitive with, with Claremont. So that, that's mm -hmm. good to see. So maybe it's not all Claremont's yet. Um, you know, the last two years, teams have gone through undefeated through the um, regular season and, and have not, not won the premiership. So mm -hmm. the finals is where it matters. But at this stage, Claremont um, are looking good. Um, yeah, and that was a good result against the Afromantle. Yeah, if if you look, if you look at it when it comes to it, I mean, I think Subi Subi's up there, but East Frio East Frio and South Fremantle, I think, are the two teams that really I think would you would potentially be the spoil to Claremont winning the Premiership. We jumped to round seven, another impressive win by your Swans, one hundred one to twelve over East Perth. Uh, Subi get a 60 to 13 win over Peel. The cracking game between, as I said, those two teams fighting to, to kind of dethrone Claremont as South Fremantle get a five point win over East Frio, 34 29. And Claremont with another impressive 43 to seven win over West Perth. Looking at this cracking game between South Fremantle, between South Frio and East Frio, the, the, the rivalry, at least in the, in the men's competition seemed competitive, very, very close. East Fremantle jumped out to a little bit of a lead mid second quarter and South Frio kind of drawing it back and was able to get over the line. Some inaccurate kicking for South free for South free for East Fremantle kind of hurt them a little bit with that. So with that score line is that if that one extra behind goes, even we maybe potentially had another draw in the works, but again, South Fremantle, just the tiniest bit too good with a, a with a nice little five point win over East Frio. Yep. Yeah, it's a good, good, interesting results there in that Derby game. It's a good win for South Fremantle. Um, the Derby's obviously in the men's are the biggest games in in the waffle. Um, I'm sure in the women's it's a 
it's a very similar feeling for for the team to win the derby. So South Fremantle, yeah, getting that win in that very close game, the third quarter there, I think was the big key with South kicking the three goals. So mm-hmm. they got them over the line. All righty, we jump to it. South with their third, with Swans with their third win in a row, with kind of a shocking win over East Fremantle, fifty six twenty seven. So, a little bit of the, the of a, of a throne of a spur into South Fremantle, a little bit with the impressive win there. South Fremantle with a smashing of Peel, eighty two to eight. Uh, another shocker in it, uh, a round of shockers, a couple of upsets as West Perth knock off Subiaco 41-30. And as per usual, Claremont with a nice 85-0 win over East Perth. <laughs> so we'll, we'll go back to it. I, I have to talk about this because, again, Subi was one of those teams in that top four that I thought potentially had a shot, again, to be that that spoil with South and East Frio. But West Perth with a nice little impressive 11 point win in a game that literally it looks like Subi had trouble kicking goals and West Perth was just accurate enough in a huge second quarter kicking 3 2 compared to only 1 1 for Subi. And it really looks like West Perth just kind of held on. The second half, they only kick one, only kick two goals in the entire second half, both in the fourth quarter, but enough to get them over the line. So Subi taking a little bit of a stinging loss here tough one because this puts Subi back a little bit especially in 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 the in the um, in the ladder getting further and further behind a very good Claremont team yeah this uh, this definitely go down as the upset of the season for sure I think with West Perth getting their first win against um Subiaco their most of their all their wins previously have been East Perth and, and, and South Fremantle from memory so big win for the Falcons girls there um and it could well cost Subiaco, you know, with Swans coming hard with four wins in a row. Um, you know, Subi may struggle to to get a spot in the finals. And this could be a game that could be the, the, the difference between them playing finals and not playing finals this season. So well done, West Perth. It was a great win for them. Um, and, you know, start to feel sorry for the their uh, East Perth rivals who failed to score against Claremont and uh, a massive <laughs> win for the Tiger girls there. All righty, and then to the last to the last round that we are going to talk about that has been played, we go to round nine, and right off the bat, Claremont, a little bit of a shocker here. Claremont, no win, as they get a draw with East Fremantle, 16-16, and as I kind of said um, a little bit earlier, off, off mic a little bit, I think the fact that the under-18 championships might have taken a few talented players away from Claremont, unfortunately, which may have evened this game out a little bit, but both kick. 2-4, 16-16. So this kind of keeps Claremont from pulling away a little bit, but a nice still impressive four points over over South Fremantle in the in the on the ladder. So I don't think they're worried too much, but it, you have to say this has got to be game of the round draw draw. So we'll go through the rest of it. South Fremantle beat West Perth 33-13. Swans with their fourth win in a row, an impressive win over Peel 63-34. And Subiaco bounces back from a disappointing loss to hand West Perth another big loss, 47-1. to But I want to jump to it. This draw looks absolutely entertaining because it was one of those Claremont kicks the only goal of the first quarter to take a lead. South Fremantle jump to the lead at the halftime, kicking 2-2 in the second quarter and shutting out Claremont in that second quarter. In the third in the third quarter, Claremont drives back to keep, get it at a draw in both the at three-quarter time and at full time. Both teams were level at scoring. So this was definitely one of those games where it was never more 
than about eight points. It lo- it looks really looks like it. So I mean, this this was a close game, uh, just an absolute cracker here. But again, if you're if you're Claremont, you're not super worried. If you're East Fremantle, you take a lot of positive momentum because you just took a really good Claremont team and came really really close to not only getting two points but getting four points as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so close game. Looking at the quarter by quarter scores that last quarter, um, we've been very, very tight. Each side had a kicking one point each in the last mm-hmm. quarter, so uh, the ball would have been bouncing around all over the field there with a lot of tension in the game. Um, Isha Manel, yeah, well done for their for their girls there to keep uh, to climb up to two goals, which will be their lowest score for the season, and manage to to sneak a draw, which could be very handy for the Sharks um, come finals. Um, to have a bit of confidence knowing that they, regardless whether Claremont had players out or not, um, you know, you can only beat play against who you're playing and, and might get a bit of confidence if the Sharks do make the finals um, and come up against Claremont to maybe get some revenge from last year. So, yeah, yeah well done to Sharks. And Claremont, yeah, I, as you said, I don't think they would be too concerned um, with a, with a draw. They're still sitting pretty on top of the ladder there and still looking pretty good. Yeah, I think it's still Claremont's to one, but we'll we'll discuss that here in a little bit. We'll jump to it. That is it for all the rounds. I know there's a lot of footy to talk about, unfortunately. So, but that was fun. It's really cool to see some of some of these teams and some of the results was been absolutely fascinating. So we'll jump to my burning, we'll jump to the section burning questions. I gotta find out, Rick, what your kind of thoughts going into this a little bit. So we'll start off. Claremont, Peel, and Subiaco are all four and one after the first five games. What team do you think has been the most impressive of those three at the top of the table? Um, well, for, for me, Claremont, I expected to be sitting pretty high. Um, so they're not really um, a surprise for myself. Probably the surprise pack at this stage would probably be Subiaco. Um, you know, their coach, Bo Wardman, has coached them now for, I think, four, this is their fifth season. And they either become premiers or they miss the finals. So... A bit of a scary thought. Subiaco are actually doing well again this year. So, you know, put them down for a premiership the way um, things go with the Lions. But um, they are surprising. I didn't think they would do, they'd be quite as competitive this year. I thought they'd be sort of mid-table, but four and one, they're looking pretty good. And and Peel, again, the back of their AFL players have had their best, equal best start to a season ever. And if they win this week, they'll be five and one for the first time ever in their 26 years. So um, they're also looking pretty good, but whether they're a surprise or not, I'm not sure because of the numbers of the AFL players that they've got and players like Will Brody running around, who was one of the um, main midfielders last year in the AFL, who's now running around the waffle and, and, and dominating in his couple of games he's played. Um, yep, so the surprise there is definitely Subi. Um, East Perth are, are doing well, but I thought they were doing, they'd probably be out where they are. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think Subi are the, the ones to keep an eye out. Awesome. And the second question for the men's, <laughs> it, it, it... Goes a little bit, go a little bit of black and white here. So there's an eight point gap between sixth place Perth and seventh place Swans. Is the gap too big for Swans to make finals, or is it still too early in in a long season? Yeah, I think we might be a little bit early. Um, you know, saying it with one black and one white eye, but um, and I think we've you know Swans lost those first three games. You know, to teams above them on the ladder, or well, the, the literally the team three teams above them by a combined total of twelve points. So weren't that far off from being, you know, potentially three three wins or, or even four wins at this stage themselves. So I don't think they're far off the pace. Um, the game against Peel, whether that's going to knock them down, their confidence down a little bit with that 10-goal thrashing on the weekend. Um, I still think they've got a sniff. Um, a lot of hard work to do to catch up. South, I think that two-game hurdle is going to be way too far for them. 
um, you know, still with zero premiership points at the moment. So hopefully Swans can get up against Claremont this week. Um, even though Claremont sit pretty good on the top of the ladder, we do play them quite well at Bassendine Oval. Um, so I, I'm tipping them as an upset this week. Um, I don't always pick Swans, um, but I think we may be able to get over the line against Claremont this week in a bit of an upset. But I think we need to. We need to get some wins against um, Claremont and, and Subi next couple of weeks. A quirk of the fixtures, Swans are the only team that has not played either Perth or West Coast so far this year. Um, so most teams have banked victories against those teams. Um, so if we get a good opportunity against them, and not to say that guaranteed to win against Perth or West Coast, but, um, you know, it would have been good to, to get a couple of extra easier games than what we've had so far this season. But um, mm-hmm. we played them in the last two rounds. <laughs> rounds, uh, I think, eight and nine, I think we play those two teams. And by that stage, knowing our luck, West Coast will probably have, you know, all their injuries back and they'll probably have their strongest side of the year and, and may do what they did to <laughs> South Fremantle last year. The one time they have a, a strong team, South uh, ran into them last year and lost by seven goals against the stacked West Coast side. So that's how the competition is. That's designed like that, I guess. Um, like it or not, um, you know, the West Coast and Peel teams are really, their strength is decided by their AFL um, listed players. But mm-hmm. I think the top six are the ones fighting for the fight at this stage, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. We'll uh, we'll have to see again. Long season, as you said. Maybe maybe if you get lucky, you catch West Coast at just the right time. They still haven't got everybody back. You get Perth, get a couple. There's eight points there. It could change anything. It's a long season. We'll have to see. Stories. We'll jump to the women's. couple yeah. real quick questions for the women's. Again, we've kind of already kind of discussed this a little bit, but Claremont is clearly the best in the competition. I mean, 7-0-1. They still have not been beaten yet. Their only blemish is the draw, which is still pretty impressive. East Fremantle got the draw, so is Claire. This is is this Claremont's comp to win, or is East Frio going to take some confidence from that draw and maybe throw a sneaky win over over Claremont in the finals? Yeah, I still think Claremont uh, are well above um, the rest of the teams. South South Fremantle, obviously looking at that again, they've only lost the once themselves, which would have been obviously against against Claremont. So they they're still there with the show. Um, you know, again, comes to finals, and I mentioned earlier that the last two years the teams have gone through undefeated. Swans in twenty one and, and each round on twenty two undefeated throughout the season, and did both didn't come away with the chocolates. So, um, yeah, I think it's still open between Claremont South that lost to West Perth for Subies probably dented them a little bit. Um, but again, they may I'm not sure of the numbers that they may have been affected with. You know, you know girls being away or whatever for state duties in under eighteens. Um, but it's a pretty close competition. Swans yet have come out of, out of nowhere um, after being zero and four now, four and four. So, you know, maybe they're not without a shot either. So let's just see. We'll, we'll get back together in a few weeks' time and um, we'll see see what it looks like then. But at this stage, it looks like Claremont and, and South are probably heads and shoulders above the rest at the moment. Well, you're kind of jumping the gun on me because my next question was Swans have found some have found some wins, four wins out of the last. Do you think they sneak into the finals? Do you think they knock out a Subiaco or or a South Fremantle if, if they if they find a way to slip up once? Oh, let's say yes. Let, let's say yes, they will. Um, I probably should say no because after I, I, we talked last, they were not in four and they actually got them to win the next four games. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe maybe they won't. But no, I let, reverse let's psychology. That's it, mate. Yep, that's it. Um, but you have a look at their wins. They've won four games, but the three they've beaten only West Perth, Peel, and East Perth is hit below them. And obviously that one win against East Fremantle. So if they can pull up a victory against um, one of the top three sides, I think that'll go a long way to 
to getting a spot in the in the final. So um, yeah, good competition could go either way there, um, which is great. You know, it's a good a lot of interest the last few years in the in the waffle women's. It's pretty much there's been two standout teams in each of the last probably three or four seasons. So um, this year, I think even though Claremont and South have got a bit of a break, I think the other teams can still can still give it a shake and, and hopefully my, my Swannies girls can get up there and um, get into the finals again. Well, it'll be interesting. I, I just, I, I want, I wanted to look at your, at your, at your remaining schedule and honestly looking at it, I think you've got a really good shot. You play West Perth this week in round 10 and round 11, a little bit more difficult with Subiaco, but I think still a possibility there and round 12, you get East Perth. So at least percentage wise and looking at that, you at least can go two and one. The only thing that bugs me, and maybe this is my waffle app, but unfortunately right now it does not have swans with a fourth with a last game of the season, it just has West Perth, East Perth, South Fremantle, and East Fremantle. So the two derbies, but Claremont and Sibiaco and a few of the other teams do not play. So I I may have to keep an eye on that when it comes to it, the app. I'm, I'm trying to figure out why mm. there is not a the other two games for the fourth round. I'll maybe have to look that one up. But just in the three games that I see there, I, I think at worst you go two and one. And if you somehow can nip Subi, I think you get in. So I, I'm with you. I think I think Swans is very much the threat outside, very much a threat to get in. I think West Perth, it's a little bit of a stretch there. They they haven't played as well. And especially if Swans get that win this round in round 10. I think Swans is definitely they're in with a crack in this one. I, they they will be the team I will definitely keep an eye on over these last these last four rounds because Swans could sneak their way in. We'll have to see, can they? Because especially that Subi game will be the, the the make or break game for them if they can get the four they can get the win on that yeah. one. So that is going to do it for my burning questions. I know a little bit black and white heavy with a couple of the questions, but Swans have been kind of the talk in both comp in both sides with the men being so close and, and then the women running off four in a row and really getting into that finals potential with chat. So for those of you on this that think this is turning into a Swans podcast, I'm not, it wasn't done intentionally. It was just, they were the talk on both sides, at least by record and by the ladder. So we jump into it. I know we don't talk every round, but I love tipping because it's, it's so much fun, especially with, with the rounds being so interesting. So let's jump into it. Round six of the men's competition you already kind of said this. You still see a Swans upset over Claremont to start off round six? Yeah, I'm throwing that out there. My tipping hasn't been doing as well as, as I hope this year, <laughs> but um, I, I think we might just think that game against Peel. Hopefully they've been given a bit of a stronger week on the track and may get a few players back potentially this week, including um, Tony Knott, who did a knee last, last year and is a 279-game veteran. Um, pushing towards 300 games. He's played three and a half games, I think, in the reserves now. Um, we've got to get him back in the side there. Um, and there's potential that um, Aidan Clark may be back this week and, and potentially Anderson. So I'm hoping that those players come back to get a little bit of um, depth back into the side. But at Bassendine, we've been very difficult to to beat there. Only lost once last year there. And we have lost twice this year, but by a combined 11 points. Um I'm hoping that we'll win. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, if, obviously, if we don't. But let's let's go for Swannies in that one by a slender margin. I'm I'm one of those. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna both 
upset you because I'm going to tip Claremont, but then I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to explain why here's a little bit. And I don't, I hope this doesn't happen, but this is, I don't know why just looking at their previous record. I think this comes down to the fourth quarter. I think this comes down to a final kick. I think being at home should help. You, you get a chance to catch a Claremont team that maybe could take you a little bit lightly. I think a, a strong, I think this is under 10 points. I think this is one of those that comes down late. I think Claremont just a little bit too strong, but Swannies are in this one. This is one of those, when I say my upsets, I, my keep an eye game, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on this one because I think the the opportunity for Swans to to maybe throw a few waves into the competition could be perfect here. Another cracking game at Leaderville Oval as East Perth take on South Fremantle. I'm going to go East Perth in this one. Leaderville Oval, they're at home. South Fremantle, again, they're, they're in such a hole. How are the coaching staff going to be able to get this group up knowing that they're in such a, such a, a deficit to start off with because of the, the things there? I think this isn't going to help. Going on the road against a tough East Perth team, I think East Perth just a little too good in this one. I got the Royals. Yeah, I think the same. Me too. Um, it's pretty much a make-or-break game already this early in the season for South. I think if they don't get up this one, I think they're they're going to be finding it way too hard to get into the finals. So a big win, big game for South Fremantle, but I, I think East Perth will be probably too strong for South. But in, and again, a close game. I reckon there's only a couple of goals in this one as well. All righty. We'll jump. Mineral Resources Park is Perth. Host West Perth in this one. Who do you got winning this one? Well, Perth will be looking for back-to-back victories, which is uh, very rare for the Demons um, the last few years, that's for sure. But uh, West Perth, here's a good one for you, Donnie. West Perth have not lost to Perth since 2004 at Lathlane Park, so nearly 20 years. So um, they have had a draw in that run. There was a draw in 2008. Um, but, yeah, nine, 18 games now in a row, West Perth have not been able to, well, sorry, Perth have not been able to beat West Perth at their home ground, then this will not be another one. This will be another one. So West Perth will win this convincingly, I reckon, round seven, seven goals, I think, for West Perth and a big win. Yeah, you get you get West Coast. You, you, you would think some confidence into Perth. You think Perth will come out snarling in the first quarter, but I think West Perth just yeah. a little too much talent, a little too good. Yep. I got the Falcons winning this one. The old cracking rival, Peel Thunder, a.k.a. Fremantle, Fremantle Reserves at Lane Group Stadium taking on their bitter rivals, the West Coast Eagles. Peel big, Peel big, Peel just too good. Yep, I'm going for a triple-figure victory for the Thunder. Less, to say, less said about this game, the better. all right and over to the wacka for another cracking one that i really am looking forward to keeping an eye on and that is east Fremantle sharks versus the subi lions i'm looking at this one thinking and thinking on this one just east Fremantle's lack of goal kicking and in their waywardness i think is going to get them yes they may be at home but i'm gonna have the lions winning this one i think east Fremantle's in it but i think the lions just too strong yeah i think this is definitely going to be a a bit of a a close game as well. Um, the Wacker, it's not really a home ground for East Fremantle, so they don't really have much advantage there. Um, I think Subi will get over the line of this one. East Fremantle's last score is inaccurate kicking, like you've mentioned. It's, it's been a bit of an issue for them. If they straighten their kicking up, you know, this could be a, a good win for the Sharks, but I, I think Subi will be too good for this one. All righty. We'll jump over to the women's a little bit, a little bit easier tipping on this one because, because of the way it's going, but a couple of crackers will start off Claremont on the road at Link group stadium against Peel Claremont too good. Claremont too strong. Uh, I'll have the, I'll take it. I'll take the Claremont on this one. Yep. 
the same. Yeah, Claremont easily. I think Peel is not not performing very well recently, so I think Claremont an easy victory for them. All right, East Perth take East Perth take on South Fremantle on another one that unfortunately is just not going to be close. South Fremantle get a nice little <laughs> easy win to get some confidence back into the Bulldogs. Yep, a percentage booster here for South Fremantle. Um, hopefully East Perth can get a couple of goals in this one, which would be good for them. But yes, yeah, South by a mile. Yeah, and then probably game of the round also at the WACA, South Fremantle versus Subi. This is this is one I've had to bounce back and forth a little bit. Who do you think? Who do you like in this one? So yeah, East Fremantle and Subi there, Donnie. Yeah, so East Fremantle, um, I, I think East Fremantle may be just in this one. Could well be another draw the way we're going. <laughs> but I think maybe East Fremantle in a, in a low-scoring game um, may just get over the line against Subi in that one. Yeah, Subi's Subi's one loss was was to it was a little bit. They have three losses here. East Fremantle's played some really tough opponents. I, I'm going to take East Fremantle in this one, but I agree. I think this one's an absolute cracker down to the fourth quarter, and we go to it. Final game of the round. Can they keep the winning streak alive? Can the Swans go on the road and, and beat West Perth? I think so. I think the Swans keep it going. This is another game that they should win. Just hope for no, no stumbles on this one because you're. I think your finals chances really hinge on making sure you get this win right here. You cannot drop this one against a pesky West Perth team. Yeah, totally agree with you there, Donnie. This is a big game for Swans. Um, if they if they lose this, you know they'll drop it out by you know a game and a half rather than half a game because either East Fremantle or Subi will get a win. Um, yeah, I can see Swans winning this one, um, and West Perth may. A loss for West Perth will probably kick them out of the, the chance of the finals, but five in a row, five in a row for Swans for this game. Yeah, definitely. Which will definitely keep that that, that top five there for the final four spots in in definitely in a crack at the end of the year. That is going to do it, Rick. Another absolutely fantastic chat. I know we had to we had to get up early for you to have this chat here, but I genuinely appreciate you coming on. Again, how is everything going with the website? I, I know that with a new season, more and more data has to go in quite quickly. Yeah, no, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, it's really good, Donnie. So yeah, getting some good numbers on the, the website. So I'm doing, I've got weekly previews and, and weekly reviews. So if you want to know the luckier stats, anyone listening out there, like your stats and your numbers and, and some historical data, then jump on and have a look at the weekly reviews all around the, the numbers of the week. Um, so any key numbers from any of the games that's on there. I'm working also on some, adding some more streak data into my website. So I'm always working, adding player records or new, new data or, or different tables on the website. So um, keep an eye on the website, wafflefootyfacts.net. You can check out the updates page for all the latest information and what I'm working on. Um, and so I continue to expand the website. Fantastic. And absolutely it is. It blows my mind sometimes going on there because of all the information that you have, but for, for somebody that loves footy, I love to hop on there and just kind of take a look at some of the, some of the old results and how things are going. So I, I genuinely appreciate everything that you do there, Rick, keep up the great work. So ladies and gentlemen, that is going to end our second episode of waffle wrap up. Again, we're going to keep an eye out and keep talking waffle keep talking state league footy because i think this is important to talk about these state leagues they have fantastic footy and some great people hard to say that a gentleman from des moines iowa talking with a gentleman in perth western australia is not one of the coolest things ever so i genuinely appreciate this and for all the people that watch out in wa thank you so much for 
sitting down and, and having a listen to this little podcast here. So genuinely appreciate it. That is going to do it. Rick, have a wonderful, wonderful day out in Perth today, sir. No worries. You too, Don. Have a good evening. And uh, we'll, we'll speak again in a few weeks' time and hopefully some, some more Swanies victories to talk about. Awesome. Cannot wait as we get closer and closer to fine as we get closer and closer into the season to finals and all that in both competitions. So that's going to do it for another episode of Donnie's Disposals Waffle Wrap Up. And we will see you again very, very soon.